Okay. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Hollywood Matt Connolly with the double biceps. So make sure you get that in camera because it's important. It's in the contract. Whew. It has to be done legally every single time we appear on camera. This is the Daily Combat Podcast. Welcome to the show. The co-host, co-founder, co-breather of air, co-wearer of clothes in this very room. It is the master of disaster, the king of sting, the count of Monte Cristo. It is Thunderlips, the ultimate male. It is, in fact... <laughs> The winner of the Dave Stockbridge of the Year Award. It is, in fact, Dave. Dave Stockbridge. Stockbridge, welcome to your own show. Thank you very much for that very, very warm welcome, Hollywood Matt Connolly. It's a, it's wonderful to be here and uh, and wonderful to have a, such a fantastic guest here. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Joe, the Vanilla Grill Brown. Um, welcome, Joe. And uh, Joe's... Aloha and uh, welcome to uh, welcome back to the podcast. I think this is your third visit. Third, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, another visit, and you get you get the well, you might get the tea towel tears that <laughs> yeah. once that you got to do a little bit more to get the trophy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Joe, you're fighting in the upcoming Apex Sport Fest yep. three. That's at the Nord Oval, 25th of February. If you haven't already got your tickets, head over to Diamondback FC. They've still got a few remaining VIP tickets. Of course, they'll be the ones to get, so you can Absolutely. sit cage side and see your work on the evening. So, uh, mm-hmm. And you're up against Owen Barker. Yep. So uh, uh, Owen, um, a formidable opponent, making his way over to, uh, to join you in the cage. Um, what, what do you know about Owen and uh, how the preparation has been going uh, with respect to camp, specifically to take on Owen? Right. So <clears throat> what I know about Owen is I know he's from Sydney. I know he's a blue belt. Mm-hmm. And I know he's had two fights and two wins. Um, and I don't think there were very long fights either. Okay. I think he's submission win? One submission and then I think maybe a ground and pound. Okay. Yeah. So a grappler. Mm. Yeah. And blue so belt so. level. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, and how do you feel like you match up against Owen? I think it's a very good match for me. Yeah. Uh, I know he's coming up from a lighter weight class, mm-hmm. uh, which would lead me to assume he's a bit shorter than me, yeah. which is really where I sort of shine. Mm-hmm. Is um, against opponents that are that don't have the reach that I do, don't have the height that I do. Yeah, um, yeah, it makes my striking shine absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of specific preparation, it's sort of the same as always. I have a, I have a style of fighting that works for me, regardless of who I'm fighting. I'm mostly focusing on improving myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Occasionally, there's a f- there's fighters that come through that you have something specific to work for, yeah, um, and to focus on. But in um, in a lot of my fights, my s- style beats most most styles, and, especially and, uh, with the height and reach advantage. How, how do you, how do you define your style then? Kung, st- Kung Fu master. Kung, Kung mm. Fu. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, if you've noticed. Um, It'll sh- it shows it on the screen actually when I walk out they'll say what's your discipline ah, it is kung fu flat fighting yeah. champion as well so <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously through rigorous um, trainings and um, competitions in various unheard dojos <laughs> um, <laughs> underground kumite champion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's uh, a lot of my f- fights are, um, I have success when I'm long and um, picking people off from the outside mm. and yeah it makes it easier to sit down on punches when someone's uh, doesn't know when they can be hit or not 
Yeah. And that's when you see a lot of knockdowns happen early in the fight because people get surprised of that. They think they're safe, but they're actually in range. Yeah, yeah. And it's a fine line, but it's um, it's an art to learning when you can be hit and when you're out of range and baiting people into thinking they're in range. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's what I specialise in. Mm. So range, uh, distance control. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, now that you're, you've got a bit of a profile that's developing and you've got a few fights that are out there, are you at all concerned that people now have a greater opportunity to prepare for your style? I'd hope so. Yeah. Um, you know, um, it's, it's always exciting when um, people might think that they've got my style sorted, but um, I don't know if you've noticed over the last few fights it's sort of come a long way, even over short periods of time. Um, I fought in July and then I fought in October, mm-hmm. and the difference in my striking, um, I didn't really... I did show a little bit of my grappling, but the difference in my striking especially, um, you know, you'd, assu- you'd have to assume that each time I fight it's... Um, either different or a lot more trickier than you thought it was. Mm. And when you look back at your early fights to now, where do you, where do you think there's been the most improvement? And where, what are you most satisfied with when you reflect upon where you were? I think um, between probably those few months between July and October is where I've made, well, really it's between every single fight I grow so much. Mm. And you have to. It's hard not to improve when you're training, you know, all re- all year round, but you're really knuckling down for twelve weeks at a time. Mm. And the training partners that I have, you, you know, it's really hard not to improve. Mm. Yeah. And and who are you training with at the moment? A couple. Uh, so one of my main training partners is fighting just just before me. Actually, his Harry Horsell. Yeah. Um, he's he's got a, a exciting fight. Um, well, he's always got exciting fights, but this one in particular would be a good one to watch. He's one of my main training and sparring partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some other big guys at my gym. It's um, sort of gets a bit tricky to find guys that are bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you sometimes have to search far, but um, I've been lucky that my gym has not only big guys mm. and big bodies, but skilled bodies. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, Shane Mitchell in the mix there yeah, as well. Yeah, so I, can, I go off my f- main training partners are Greg Hearn, yeah, who's uh, well known around Australia MMA. Yeah. Um, he's been around for a long time. Yeah, um, and he's also sort of, I'd have to give him a bit of a shout out because he's always been so selfless in helping our fighters prepare. And if there's something that we want from him, he'll show it to us. If there's if it's I can't make it to training. Are you around at this this day? He's like, just let me know. I'll be a body for you to beat up if you want. <laughs> um, so and yeah. and he's big as well. He, so he's, he's one he's of those big. few guys yeah. that that moves really well, yeah. but naturally sits at ninety five hundred or so kilos. He, and he's strong yeah. as well, and he's very fit always. He's always got good cardio. So always good work out of him. Um, Harry Horsell, I said, big James, yep. uh, James Marshall. Um, He's more, I would use him for someone who keeps me thinking in the grappling. Yeah, um, He's always been, and, you know, I'm getting there, but he's always sort of one step ahead. Um, he's really clever on the ground and knows how to use his big body. Yeah. Um, Lockie, Lockie uh, for at the last 
DFC event and had a very good fight and won a decision. Yeah. Uh, well-earned decision. Um, he's not even been at our gym for all that long, maybe t- two and a half years. Mm. But that guy's come a long way. And, um, and s- he's come so far and it's still there's obvious places for improvement. So that's exciting to see, you know, the potential. Mm. Uh, he's, he's always been one of my main training partners because he's a big body as well. Yeah. Uh, and he's always there. Um, Shane is good when he's there. He's good to spar with um, because it's a bit more of a chess match and you don't get so worried about getting hurt with Shane. He, yep. um, and and if, you get, if I'm getting the better of Shane, he can turn it up a notch yep. and um, show me that I'm not all that. I guess <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm finally uh, winning. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but more so than that, it's always he's got such fight-specific um, tips and... Um, yeah, he's good help to have around. This is this is cardio flex MMA. Yeah, cardi- yeah, that's what we're all fighting out of cardio flex MMA, and of course, there's other big bodies around that mm. I haven't mentioned. Even the even the guys that aren't as big, I get great work out of everyone. I get work out of Jed and Louis, and they're they're not as big. There's um, yeah, and some of the other fighters, and some of the even lots of guys there that aren't fighters, but they're there just as much as the fighters are. Yeah, but I don't. They don't have any interest in fighting, but they're always there to help us work and give us work. And yeah, but they say you're the average punches. of the five people you spend the most time with. And yeah. when you're at Cardio Flex, you really are surrounded by champions. Absolutely, and and, and some some not only that, but people with great work ethics. Yep. Uh, so, uh, and in your time of training, you you you, you kind of. I guess you you start and you start discovering who you are as a fighter. You've changed weight divisions as as, as time's gone on as well. Yep. So you're now fighting lighter than what you were when you kicked off. Yep. And and is that a plan that you that you're going to stick with Absolutely. in the foreseeable future? Absolutely. Uh, I think um. Because I'd really like to see it at 110 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> Probably 110 right now. <laughs> the problem with fighting heavy is I don't feel like my style works quite so well if I don't have the cardio that comes with being lighter. Mm. And, um, that, so that's why my middleweight fights have been so impressive mm. is because I can, fi- I can fight my style easier with a little bit less weight on me. Yeah. Um, that being said, when I was fighting at light heavyweight, I was fighting at about the same weight that I fight at middleweight. Mm. Um, I would have just had a little bit more muscle on me. Yeah. Um, so I was really, I was underweight for light heavyweight and the guys that I was fighting, they were, you could easily tell that they were heavier than me, mm. but I could feel that they were heavier than me as well. Right. Um, so now you're a big middleweight. I'm a big middleweight, but not ridiculously big. Like, I, I think it's a bit more of an illusion almost. I, I look bigger than I actually am. I look heavier than I am. Yeah. Um, Is it the four t-shirts you've got on? <laughs> it's the four t-shirts. It's the push-ups I did before I get in here. Um, yeah, so uh, middleweight's my home, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that, where are you going to stay? That's where I'm going to stay. Are you sure? 100%? Okay. Yeah. All right then. You've got uh, seven. <laughs> so what are you sitting at at the moment? You've got nine. nine was it, how many days until... Uh, These are uh, my favourite stories. Eight days, uh, I think. It's, 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 to cut... Uh, yeah, Oh, okay, so yeah, eight sleeps until the weigh-in, I right. think, and mm-hmm. then nine sleeps to the fight. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. and so. we're sitting, so you've got to get down to 84. I've got to be 84, yeah, and I'm 
right on track. I'm happy with where yeah. my weight is. Yeah. yeah. This, this will probably be my 100, easiest. 100, 110 at the moment. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, little, bit, little bit under 110. I do not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this will be this will be my easiest weight cut so far. I think. Yeah. Oh, awesome! Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Is it? Do you find with your earlier fights, like, what was your first weight cut like? Was it just? torturous and you're like this is the worst thing ever and i don't want to be a fighter anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, well, then, and what's making the weight cuts easier now yeah so the first the fights at light heavyweight i didn't have to weight cut oh nice i would skip lunch and then walk <laughs> this and is I'd, horrible I'd stand, on, yeah, I'd stand on the scale and i'd wear my clothes and i'd still weigh in at like 92 <laughs> you know um so then i had a match up for the last apex event that um, I won by forfeit mm-hmm. a week out. Mm-hmm. He didn't show up. Yeah. So, but I was like, I'm still, uh, I still want to know that I can do it. So yep. I'm, I'm going to do this practice cut anyway. Yep. Um, I, so I had fight week and instead of sticking to a hard fight week diet, I just ate normally. Mm-hmm. And then I cut down from, I think it was about 89 to 84. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cut, and then I discovered the people that I cut with were Shane Mitchell and Brad Wally, two guys from my gym, pro yep. fighters from my gym. And so they've seen a lot of weight cuts and they said that they'd never seen anyone lose weight, lose water weight so quick and mm. easy. Um, so I guess I'm a bit lucky. Yeah. I, that it doesn't, it doesn't take as much of a toll on me as it might other people. I can lose a bit of water weight quite easily. Mm-hmm. So that was good. And then the next fight, obviously, um, that I actually did go ahead and yep. I got to do the weight cut. Uh, I even had the fight week diet and water loading. And um, I was it was a little bit of bro science. I was still <laughs> figuring it out as I go along. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't too hard. But then the next one was super e- super easy the water just fell off me mm. yeah and it came down to w- just water loading properly right yeah yeah and the diet obviously helps but um yeah that was with i came in a little bit heavy for the last one and with the fight week diet and water loading properly the weight still just shed off me Hmm. So yeah. with the water loading, you're looking at doing like five liters a day or something leading up to the last few days, so your body gets used to just flushing water out, and then you stop drinking the water. Yeah, it's about just um, flooding yourself with water so that your body kicks into gear and wants to get rid of the, yeah. um, starts working to get rid of the water, mm. and it's it's kind of annoying because I'm like <laughs> I'm working on a job site, and every ten minutes I have to go for a piss, so I have to like allocate a spot where I have to go and hide and yeah um, so and then by the time you cut water your body is still trying to get rid of all the water weight and then the day of the weigh-ins you start cutting water yeah. and it yeah it just comes off really easily what uh, what sort of uh, are you looking at like five liters or that sort of thing leading up to or I give my, I give myself a bit more than that I give mm. I sort of jam down nine and a half liters wow. yeah um, which is good. It helps keeps me. It, uh, I don't know if it's mind games, but it sort of helps keeps me satiated. Uh, not so hungry. Yeah, yeah. Um, it makes your skin glow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's probably the most healthy I am. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You you, uh, you you do look 
very like thin like I don't, like when it comes to <laughs> the way in like like you look like a different person yeah, you, you, when you when you get there it's like oh i don't know if he's going to make it <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then before you know it you're, you're having a snack and yeah. you, you you know and then you're 9 kilos heavier 24 hours later <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, it's <laughs> it um it looks worse than it is yeah it, 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 i don't feel as bad as i look um, i don't know if it's just the way that I'll, my body wears it yeah um, yeah some people yeah i don't know I think it's the muscles too because they deflate. Yeah. And so you're not used to seeing that and you're like, oh my God, he looks so skinny. But it's just that I'm sort of a little bit deflated and that comes back really easily. Yeah. So. And and are you still doing much weight training? Uh, not so much, no. Yeah. Uh, I don't think. Uh, so we've got a conditioning circuit that we do at our gym yeah. every week. Um, but my main concern is not putting the muscle on that I had before unnecessary muscle on that i've had from you know my previous life of bodybuilding yeah um so right now i've got the muscles that i need yeah and i don't need much more so i'm already strong i don't need to build that strength but you know maybe next maybe next camp i'll um we'll see if maybe i'll throw a few more weightlifting sessions i might even feel stronger Mm. But yeah. yeah, more so focused on Uber conditioning. Gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for those that missed our previous podcast, the Vanilla Gorilla, how did that all come about? The Vanilla Gorilla, you don't, you see some guys that give themselves their own nicknames. <laughs> it doesn't work, and in a in a gym, especially, you can't, you just can't, because you will never live it down. Yeah. Um, the assassin it's like yeah okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Nick did you have one before the vanilla gorilla emerged as the as the favourite as the prevalent um, the assassin no. <laughs> the, the assassin <laughs> I, so, I think I guess it's always something that you think about and this is going back years like five years ago it's always something that I that would sort of be in the back of my head you hear you hear a cool cool word yeah like, oh that's that sounds nice. I wonder if it would roll off the tongue with, yeah. Um, but I didn't have anything in particular. And then you get given, I get given the vanilla gorilla, mm-hmm. um, and it felt right. And I was also so exhausted that I couldn't argue it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I didn't. I wasn't too sure about it. I wanted something short and snappy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the vanilla gorilla, but it uh, <laughs> is not so much that. But it rolls. I've got quite a short name. Yep. So it gives the announcer something that they can grasp onto. I really like yeah. it. I really like yeah. it. And yeah. it uh, it's grown on me and now it's more of an identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's with, right. I've got all my books at TAFE, say Vanilla Gorilla. On there, <laughs> <so> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah. I, 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 I can see all the merch now. Yeah. I can see. <laughs> that's, yeah. Hey, if anyone's listening, we have to sort this out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll slot it into the store, uh, yeah. into the Daily Combat store. Absolutely. So... Now, now, obviously, things are getting serious. Like it was all, oh, let's just see what this MMA thing's like. And now you're one of the mainstays at DFC and uh, and an emerging talent, and uh, obviously uh, getting a lot of attention in the MMA world right now. Um, and in middleweight, you you obviously gain the reputation as uh, well. You're no no longer that light heavyweight guy. You're now the middle, the big middleweight guy who's someone to contend with. And uh, and and how's that now translating into uh, fight opportunities and and the phone ringing and uh, and and doors opening? Yeah, it's um, since my last performance in particular, 
Um, it's meant it, I've noticed that I've started to get more recognized from other promotions as well. Mm. Uh, and it helps that I'm also fighting two of my fights have been from guys that are interstate. Mm. So they get eyes from them from maybe their local promoter or their gyms and their team. So uh, my name's definitely getting out there. Um, but I don't have trouble finding a fight anyway. Um, yeah. There's always – middle middleweight is easier than light heavyweight. There's more people around. But also there's more – the sport's growing and there's more names. There's more people coming through. So there's not so much the trouble of finding an opponent anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it is good to know that I'm – like it, I do keep tabs on my ranking – Mm-hmm. In uh, on topology, um, I think I'm sitting at ten at mm-hmm. middleweight and four at light heavyweight. Mm. Um, the light heavyweight one will probably disappear after I haven't fought light heavyweight for a little while. Mm. But um, quick easy fight at light heavyweight, I think, somewhere <laughs> along the line, just to fill in some well, gaps, you know, and, uh, <laughs> bring you back into contention for for a title fight somewhere. That's I'm sure. it. Well, look, I the. Um, plan going forward is to stay ready so I don't have to get ready. Mm. And that that means being able to take middleweight fights on short notice, being take, able to take light heavyweight fights on short notice. Um, not that that's where my focus is, mm. but um, my focus is definitely on the middleweight division. Yeah. Um, I just feel so much better at middleweight. Yeah. yeah and I feel that um, in no time at all I'll be king of the jungle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watch out, the mm. little gorilla's taking over. Yeah. Who, is, who is the middleweight champion in DFC at the moment? There's not one at the moment. Oh. At the minute, there there was uh, there's been a few middleweight champions at uh, prof- in professional. Mm. There was Shane Mitchell, then there was an, another a big big fella. I forget his name. Rich Warner, Alchin Al- <laughs> or something <laughs> like Rich that. Um, yeah. Who's since gone on to fight <laughs> for other promotions? And um, yeah, so there's no professional middleweights. There's no. There's never been a, a amateur title holder. To tell um, Craig that this is for the title. <laughs> <laughs> the the shiny jewelry is nice, but I don't really, you know, it doesn't really bother me to yeah. fight for a title or not. Yeah, I've I've fight to prove that I'm the best in the world, and I'm, you know, that's the plan. I don't care if it's for a title or not. I'm I'm there. I consider myself probably more exciting than some of the than a lot of the other fights. So. Whether it's title or not, I think people will come to watch and um, get, you know, get their money's worth just on on my fights alone. So. I, I, I will say, as a as a as an as an observer, um, what seems to have happened over recent fights is that there's real anticipation for your fight, and people are like they they're cheat up there and they're ready, and and you you walk out music electrifies where whatever room you happen to be in and uh, and as you're walking out the the crowd just go absolutely nuts as soon as they hear the vanilla gorilla joe brown yeah. um it, it, how does that feel now that you you're so recognized and people can't wait to to see you in the cage that's like it's it's huge uh, honestly it's mind blowing it's um it's humbling it's um it's all I sort of ever dreamed of Mm. um and so when you get that reaction not only walking out but after the fight and especially after the fight you like you understand that you earn 
the cheers right before the yeah. fight. It's like, Demon, you know, do you guys even know who I am? <laughs> well, I don't know why you guys are so impressed, so excited <laughs> to see me. It's just your mum's got everyone yeah. excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it stems from the success, the recent, the recent success I've had in my last few fights. Well, every fight that I've had has been contender for fight of the night mm. um, or performance of the night. Yeah, um, and I would say. When my opponent shows up to tango, it's especially um, on the cards for fight of the night. Yeah. Because um, I don't take a back step and I hope that they don't take, take a back step, but, you know, let's see who takes the back first back step. <laughs> mm. And, and it, it is, it's really cool to see because you, you can see that your opponents also get caught up in that energy and they know that something special is about to happen yeah. and that people are, are there, maybe just even for your fight. Yeah. Like they've, they've paid the ticket just to see what's what, what's going to happen with Joe Brown. Mm. And yeah. uh, uh, so it, it's uh, – and I can imagine for an interstate fighter that might be even quite overwhelming because the support in the room when you're fighting locally is, is, is so strong. Um, so um, – in fighting interstate and being on the flip side of that, um, how, how do you prepare yourself now when you do travel and you find yourself in a maybe a, a less friendly environment? Honestly, I have so much belief in myself that I don't think it affects me. Okay. Because um, I, I get really upset. <laughs> <laughs> I, obvi- obviously, like, when the noise is for me, it's um, I almost have to fight it i almost have to not let it get to me yeah so the flip side i'll i'll fight better if no one's cheering for me yeah. i'll fight just as sorry i won't fight better i'll fight just as just as well yeah uh it i don't bother if no one's cheering for me at all it's um i'm there to perform and yeah. i'm there to do what i'm there to do and mm-hmm. i'm there to prove how good i am have mm. you ever had uh, a moment when you were fighting in a cage and the audience had said something or reacted to something and you were like, oh, and that got, got to you or like it keyed you up a little yep. bit? or Yep. Um, and that's a learning experience as well. That's um, There's something to take from that. My second fight was uh, against Will Sutton and um, the crowd got a bit excited at one point. So I started to – I had a dominant position <coughs> and uh, as he was working up, against the cage I um, landed a few cheeky shots and the crowd got really excited and it sort of encouraged me to unleash um, <laughs> but I was just hitting arms you know I yeah. was I was just hitting arms that weren't really connecting that well and but the um, guy like six rows back is going nuts yeah yeah, that, yeah that of was, course everyone, <laughs> everyone's like yeah he's, he's getting into it now and then I understood you know I didn't realize that I would have to that it would take such a toll on me to experience explode for 10 seconds yeah then i'd have to take the next 30 seconds to recuperate and get my energy and yeah you know to be able to keep up a good pace Mm. yeah Mm. so i've learned from that yeah that being said when the opportunity's there i'm i'm willing to unload um but it's about being smart of and just really knowing is it time to close the show Mm. Or is this maybe I can just do some damage here and make it uh, an advantage for me going forward through the rest of the fight? Or am I just going to waste a bunch of energy if I unleash right here? Mm. It's amazing presence of mind to be considering those things in the moment. Um, And I I guess I kind of feel in some respects that um, fighters that are brought up through DFC um, have that advantage of having fought in front of big crowds almost since day one. You know, when yep. you're fighting at an iconic location like, say, the Adelaide Oval, 
uh, in the McGarry room there and, and it's a big crowd, you know, there's 1,500 people there perhaps and uh, or at the Nord Oval in front of thousands of people under the lights. I mean, it's a big occasion. Uh, you, you get exposed to that at a really early stage in your career which must help you kind of calibrate your thoughts and, and acclimatise yourself to those big occasions. Yeah, I think it gets to some people, um, not everyone, mm. I th- but I think a lot of the time when the fight begins all of that is just wish wash and mm. doesn't affect at all but i think some people uh you know can easily sort of lose themselves yeah. in big moments like that yeah. um it seems to me that you thrive in them though i uh, i've learnt to well you know i thrive in it yes but it's more that i just don't let it affect i don't let it change how the fight goes at mm. all. um whether there's noise or not you know um also, I understand that it's a show and a production. Yeah. Uh, so I do get into, you know, when I enjoy making people make noise and yep. getting people on their feet. Um, so that's what, you know, it's good that my fights are so exciting, um, you know. But it doesn't it doesn't affect me. The, like, big crowds doesn't affect me as much. Like I thought it would. Mm. Before I had a fight, I thought, I thought, you know, I don't really even speak well in front of groups i don't mm. you know so i thought that it would affect me more than it would but um by the time the bell goes i'm so, so zoned in you're in the zone yeah so something i really wanted to talk to you about and probably one of the most um important issues uh, uh, <laughs> you could tell he wasn't gonna be serious when you tried to be serious <laughs> one of the most important things for every fighter in their preparation and I think you'll appreciate this, uh, Joe, now having fought on the big stage on a few occasions, will be the consideration you give to your walkout music. Ah. Yeah. yeah. So um, so where are we at in terms of walkout music and uh, your thoughts on this occasion? I think it was Money for Nothing. Yeah. So Money for Nothing last time, where, where did that idea come from? Um, so my first walkout song. <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good Thank question. You. Uh, Thank you. And also Thank some you. people don't... I think a lot of people don't understand how this is... Like it can actually the psychology behind it. It's psychology, yeah. but it can almost make your career. Yeah, you know, right. Having an exciting walkout. Yeah, and definitely. Whether it's getting you in the zone. Is that you being serious? Oh, that was serious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. We're back. We're back serious. Whether it's getting people, getting you in the zone, um, pumping up the crowd, or trying to intimidate your opponent, mm. it's a it's a big part of the sport that I think goes under underappreciated by amateur fighters. I think the maybe the more shows you fight on, and the more the more you understand that it is a production, yeah, and um, it is an ability to promote yourself, um, then it becomes more important. Yeah. But also, um, it's important to use something like a soundtrack that resonates with you, not just what you think people want to hear, um, and that's what I've done with Dire Straits, Money for Nothing, right. Yeah. Okay, so what's the what, what so, was the genesis of that? Where did the um, well, how did the selection process play out? And when did it occur to you so that that was going to be the song? Right, I was I've I'd had a previous song. I was um, from a New Zealand cat um, called David Dallas, and he's got a s- song um, that I really liked, and it was a bit more um, literal to mm-hmm. a fight as well, um, and it sort of got me pumped up, and it had a bit of a build up, but. Um, nobody knows the song and I don't even really know the artist. I didn't know much about the artist. I just liked the song. So 
Um, then the next fight, I was like, I want something that um, has a definitive build up and has a obvious. So you didn't hold on. You point. didn't hold on to that after having a victory. I s- no, I, so I I did lose that fight. Okay, so that's um, on why it was just gone. All right, it's out. Is that the rule? If you do lose a fight, the, the, <laughs> it the, was the, the mu- song's fault. The, yeah, we can throw the song away and it's clean slate. Uh, you can be like that with some things, but you can't be like that with everything. Okay, because if right. I was like, uh, then I'd be like, I'm never fighting on Apex. Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, okay. you know, I'm never. Where do you draw the line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or I'm never coming out to a fight in Southpaw again, or you know, yeah, yeah. blue corner. Or yeah, how superstitious do you want to be? Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can it can play on your mind, but at some point, you know, you got to take just responsibility of your performance. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not, it has nothing to do with the poor artists <laughs> that you've walked out to. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was fumbling around with songs to play on the guitar. Actually, ah. <laughs> yeah, so I've played guitar since. Well, I've been into uh, percussion as well when I was in high school, but mostly guitar. I picked up a guitar probably when I was about 10 years old, I think. Oh, wow. We moved into a house and someone had left their old guitar behind and it was a smaller one, so I, I could actually play it. I could fit it in my hands. Was it and, <laughs> and, and I had a stepbrother who played guitar as well. He showed me a little bit of um, riffs and um, then I just taught myself on YouTube Um, And it comes and goes. I go through periods of playing it um, lots and then I don't touch it for a year. Yeah. And I'd pick the guitar up and I wanted to learn something new and I was looking at some um, rock riffs, like greatest riffs in uh, rock history. All time, yeah. Yeah, and... um, Smoke on the water. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) And right at the exact same time, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I don't know if that has the same. Well, maybe it would. You know, someone know. someone should give it a go. But I don't. Think it's it has it's, the it's same really effect. hard to play. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be able to handle it. <laughs> and yeah, dire, dire Straits' "Money for Nothing" came up, ah. um, and I thought I recognise this, um, and I hadn't heard it for a while. Yeah. So I was like, I listened to the song, and I was like, I love this song. Um, yeah. I recognised it, and I hadn't heard it for a long time, and then I. Um, played it to some of my mates and they're like, oh, a classic. Yeah. And I saw the effect it was having on people. They're yeah. like, I forgot about this song. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, so I was like, that's, uh, there's always a few, there's always a few songs, a few song choices. Um, but that's been, you know, I think it's an identity now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that it's the only song I'll ever use. There's, um, leaving songs, the door open. I'm leaving so, the door. Yeah. Uh, there is another song that I want to use that um, for perhaps a a bigger moment. Or Girls a, just want to have fun. Or a title <laughs> title fight uh, when I fight when I make my way down to the women's division. DFC's <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> first trans athlete. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, you guys, I was doing um, that uh, Rory McDonald, he, he, his phone, he'd got a new phone number and the guy who does the music for UFC had his old phone number and he had, was texting Rory yes. and saying, what do you want to be a walkout <laughs> song? And the random number kept replying with these ridiculous songs. <laughs> and Rory talked out like six fights to like Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that story? Though? <laughs> so good. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you know when, uh, what the song's about? 
I can I consider it smoking someone, um, smoking someone for nine minutes, making a bucket load of cash, mm. and getting a week's worth worth of wage in. Well, from from what I understand, because uh, I, I was a Dire Straits fan when I was a when I was a young fellow oh. myself, and uh, so it, it, apparently the story goes: Mark Knopfler goes into like a radio rentals kind of like a, a place where they're selling TVs yeah. and all of that type of thing, yeah. and he's there and he's waiting to get served, and they're on TV. Dire Straits is on the TV, you know, all the you know the twenty five TVs and the JB Hi Fi. I said radio rentals, like any of our listeners remember <laughs> radio <laughs> rentals, is, but like a JB Hi Fi. <laughs> After being to the Virgin Music store, you go to Brashes to see if you Krypton can get Discs. <laughs> Sorry. And so you uh, and, and and so he's he's there, he's waiting to be served. They're on T he's watching himself on TV and there's these two delivery drivers who are standing there uh, making mention of Oh, look at this guy! He's got this, this faggot's got his earring in the makeup. Wow. Yeah, and and so it's literally the conversation he's yeah. have that they're having yeah. uh, about dire straits, and Mark Knopfler standing behind them listening to them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, there you go. So there's a little okay, bit of history. But one of the coolest songs, and when you walked out to that, I can't remember who was reffing that night, but uh, right standing right next to me said that, 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 was, that that's pretty fucking good walkout music. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it really gets the crowd in, like when they recognise it, and it, especially an Australian, you know. Sort of thing and yeah. it's like yo this is it and yeah it builds up to that moment everyone yeah. gets involved everyone recognizes it that's a big thing a lot of people like so many people that come to the shows aren't necessarily into fighting mm. they're there to support someone who's fighting or yep. maybe their family member that's on the stage or a f- close friend but they don't really care about fights then mm. um so at least it gives them something to recognize and feel like they're you know yeah. able to get amongst it yeah you get swept up yeah. in the moment in yeah. the crowd and, and it's funny how different songs do resonate with people and uh, we uh, went to the recent element fight night and uh, uh and somebody walked out to sweet caroline and the, and the crowd went nuts yeah absolute nuts yeah. and it's like, of all the songs to walk yeah. out to but the reaction was the big surprise you know i think even rich warner got some footage of it like people singing along clapping uh-huh. it was like a festival some people had the lighters out it was it was just it, it amazing how and in that fight in particular i think it made a huge difference in the outcome of the fight mm, yeah. yeah i think i think the that, that was for fight, that, fight of the night, or, or fighter, so, yeah. of the, fighter of the night, I think. Yeah, yeah. performance of performance the night. Performance of the night, yeah. Um, that kid in particular, I think it just did worked wonders for him. He didn't look nervous. Uh, as soon as the crowd was getting into it, he didn't look so nervous. Yeah. And the fight started, he looked confident, um, and the opponent looked a bit more timid. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, very interesting, isn't it? It's, it's interesting that uh, as a young fighter, you're giving these things a, a great deal of thought, you know, and... Uh, and, and and understanding how like to, to change the energy in the room and and how how people react might impact on your opponent's psychology those you know in those vital few moments before you're about to enter into battle so so we're sticking with money for nothing that's going to be the you'll have to wait and see oh, oh, and so because there's another there's another song that I want to use at a big moment and I don't know if this is that big moment maybe mm. maybe it will be maybe it won't be but mm. don't, don't worry be happy. <laughs> uh, when, yeah, you'll, it's another. It's another one you'll know when you hear it. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Why can't uh, we be friends? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might. Have, I think I have actually heard that, and I walk out. Really? One of my shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely amazing. So if people do want to find out what the walkout music is going to be, what, what they're going to have to head along to Apex Sport Fest 3. And, mm-hmm. and of course, the easiest way that you can do that is by heading over to diamondbackfc.com. Get your tickets now. Uh, they're selling fast. And, of course, uh, this event's on the 25th of February, which is uh, only a matter of eight, eight or nine di- days away from today, which is the day we're recording. So maybe a week out from when you're uh, watching or listening to this. So mm-hmm. uh, if uh, you're listening to this and it's before the 25th of February, the best thing you can do is uh, hit up the website right now, get your tickets whilst there's still some good ones available. Uh, VIP tickets are going quickly. So do make sure that you jump on and get them. Uh, and you might even see... The man next to me, Hollywood Matt Connolly, they're flushing some double biceps. He'll be there most of the day when he's not in front of the mirror. So, uh, but he, he will, will be, be there a most mirror of the day. in front of me yeah, <laughs> at all times. Uh, so, uh, so Joe, uh, wishing you all the very best with your match up with Owen Parker, and uh, can't wait to hear what the the walkout music is going to be, and uh, can't wait to uh, and. Uh, and before you do go, I have to say thank you for the shout-out at the last EFC oh, yeah. event at the end of your last victory. And, uh, uh, and you, you used your precious time uh, with, in your victory speech to uh, give us a shout-out the Daily Combat <laughs> podcast. So uh, uh, that, was, uh, that was an amazing moment. And uh, I think we've got that enshrined on our Facebook that page. Was, I think yeah, it's one of highlight for us. For us. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one of the, ah, one of the great moments in sport as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, uh, so thank you very much. No, for it was good. It had to be done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you the man that did it so uh, ladies and gentlemen put your hands together Joe the vanilla gorilla brown wishing you all the very best of luck mate and uh, and hope to see you uh, walking around with a strap over your shoulders sometime during 2023 would be nice awesome mate thank you